0: technically on break right
1: now oh okay okay
0: okay okay they're, they're running a the scene i was like i just want to call
1: oh because you missed me
0: yeah <laughs> i was in the bathroom
1: <laughs> oh man i fought it no okay well have a good one okay you too i miss you i'll,
0: I'll miss you I'll give you a call later
1: okay give me a call later i love you baby okay okay like the day after Thanksgiving weekend. So this is the Monday after Thanksgiving. So I'm hopping on here. This is my solo episode. And I'm talking to you today after dropping my lovely husband, Abe, off at the airport. As some of you may know, goatees that have been listening, my husband, Abe, was part of the original cast of a play called Cambodian Rock Band. Um, It's written by Lauren Yee and directed by Che Yu. And over the past, gosh, I think it's been five years. That's insane. He's been part of this ecosystem. And um, we've come to know people in the cast and the crew very intimately. And they've kind of become our extended family. At the top of 2020... We knew that the play was going to New York and there was a chance that they would go out on a national tour. And at the time, it was kind of normal because back pre-pandemic, I was going out on trips to do little tours, to do performances, etc. And Abe also went out on tours very often, like very regularly. It was common for us to spend two or three weeks apart at a time. I think he went out on a tour for about three months It was just something that was kind of part of our lives. But then the pandemic did happen and the place shut down very, very suddenly and the entire world grinded to a halt. And Abe and I definitely spent the last couple of years, God, fucking three years now, just the two of us together in the house. At times, no, nobody else to lean on, nobody else to see, and prior to that, many of you know, we moved to Ashland for this same play. And in a lot of ways, we started our marriage with just the two of us having to figure out kind of what that unit looks like, because prior to getting married, we, we, we didn't fully live together. And so we got married, we moved to Ashland together, and we had to figure out like, what is this unit? How do we operate? And it is crazy thinking back on it because in our first couple years of marriage, like we had some of the most difficult times in our relationship. And honestly, emotionally, some of the the most difficult things that I've ever personally went through. And it all had to do with that, just figuring out what it meant to be a unit. I don't think of myself as a selfish person, but when you're with someone 24/7 the things that you can suppress around other people or the things that you can put up with around other people or honestly put up some sort of front all of that has to get taken down all that infrastructure has to get taken down there's no more scaffolding there you know you're kind of just this flubber like wiggly substance next to each other no falseness no artifice just seeing each other for who you are. And that was really, truly difficult. I think it's both difficult to see and be seen in that state because it is so vulnerable. I didn't like being seen that way. And I think early on, I found it very easy to be just nice enough and sweet enough and and giving enough to be able to paint myself as a saint. And it really created a good amount of friction in our marriage early on. But that's the thing with marriage is you're seeing all sides of each other and you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have good minutes. You're going to have bad minutes. You're going to have all these highs and all these lows. And fuck, I'm only four years into this shit. So I know fuck all about what's to come. But all I know is that the first couple of years were really up and down some of the maybe the best moments, but also some of the most harrowing and some of the most difficult moments, some of the most ridiculous fights, kind of almost learning each other's fighting language, and then agreeing upon different contracts within your own fighting styles. Because I come up from a family that fights completely differently from Abe. And that was something we had to like learn and figure out. Anyway, suffice it to say, once everything shut down, Abe and I moved into this little apartment in Los Feliz that I fucking loved. Um, But I think that was like the fifth or sixth move for us since we'd gotten married. And so it was a lot. It was, um, we went from him having a crazy busy schedule, me kind of like I was working retail in New York um, and I was still traveling a little bit doing music. We went kind of from that semi-nomadic um, very busy lifestyle in which we had just kind of figured out how to really live together and coexist together to just being together 24 seven for now, like pretty much three years. Like, I don't think that's hyperbolic. And over this time, I think for a lot of couples, it was kind of sink or swim and it was kind of like adapt or die. And I'm really so grateful like, cause I know we would have figured shit out, but I'm so grateful for the time that we did have because we really figured out how to be a unit. We really figured out how to be partners to each other. And a lot of that was personally like letting go of my pride and my ego and, and leaning into some of that discomfort. And I think for him, it was finding a new way to communicate anger And like I said about those contracts you make together, it was about agreeing to those contracts within your fighting styles and within your fighting, setting certain boundaries, which can also look like knowing things that if said will cause irreparable harm. And sometimes you don't know those boundaries and you don't know what's going to cause like long term damage until you kind of breach some of those boundaries or say some of those things that are irrevocable. It's a difficult process, but it is rewarding. And I am grateful to kind of be more so on the other side of a lot of the kind of more tumultuous moments. And I look back upon that time and I know there were days I was bitter and there were days he was upset and there were days where it felt like maybe we could never kind of come back to some sort of consensus or center. But that's where I think the commitment to each other did pay off. You know, and for us, this looks like marriage, right? Like this is, marriage is maybe what he and I needed based on the way we were reared, the way we were socialized, and the way we decided to live our lives. That was the thing that kind of bound us in a way that forced a lot of these, forced us to work through a lot of these things. But I know for a fact, it is not the only way um, to find this kind of unit creating together despite all odds type of thing. It's the context that we've agreed on, you know, prior to us getting to where we are now, there were so many days where I felt like I didn't have a partner. And it was just so odd because it was very, I remember feeling so isolated because I felt like... I, I guess like on social media, like this this really cute portrayal of our relationship and our life. And then we moved to this new city where I didn't really know anybody. And so, and he was working in that city. And so I felt this responsibility too, to, to um, uphold a certain image publicly and to protect him and to protect me. And that was so isolating and so tough. And it's, Interesting looking back on that now, because I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I'm so much more open to being transparent. I'm I'm always fighting for a certain openness and transparency, but that's not where I was at. And it was super isolating. And um, I honestly felt like I, I had the, I don't know, I think I was so isolated that I felt Literally that there would be no one else that was going through this and nobody that might understand me. And now I know it entirely not to be true. And the more I've opened up about, you know, what we'd gone through at the time, the more I hear the same stories back to me. I can't tell you how liberating it is. Obviously, it's important to share it with people that you trust, you know, because these are really delicate, tenuous things. And like I said, when you see each other in your most uh, unscaffolded ways, you have to confront your own humanity enough to have compassion for what you see. And so I I really do think that it is important to, to share that with someone you trust, you know, but once you do, it's just incredible to hear it back and like to feel so much less alone and to feel also maybe empowered in some of the things that you thought and then also makes you maybe rethink the hill that you were willing to die on and realize that a lot of what we believe to be right and to be wrong, it's not universal and it's not even really moral. It's just how you were reared and, and the either decisions that you made about certain things or the way that it was modeled for you. And that goes from everything from the way you wash your dishes to the way you handle money, uh, to the way you spend your free time. At least for me in each of those tiny little things in my life, there was a morality painted over it by my, my parents and namely my mom, you know, there were things that I would look at Abe and I'd be like, you're wrong. And I had to really, look at myself and confront a lot of that. Why is that the first voice that's coming to the fore? A lot of what I placed on him was the voice that I actually speak to myself in. And it is a voice that is more harsh and more cruel than the way that I talk to anybody else. And in fact, more harsh and more cruel than the way anybody else talks to me. And I began maybe just internally using that same voice on him. And that wasn't fair. And that brought us into a lot of conflicts and that brought me to a lot of hills. I was willing to die on because I had the stick that said I was right. So anyhow, marriage, what a fucking trip. (laughs) As again, as many of you know, Abe and I moved out to Chino and I don't know what it was, but something kind of shifted in our relationship when we moved out here. I think it was something about having kind of a house to put together I think that I really saw, you know, cause we had lived in kind of sublets and whatnot prior to that. It was the first time I saw Abe like really step into a space with like ownership. And so I had made all these assumptions on him based on these kind of piecemeal living situations we'd had. And I just completely saw him transform and I saw myself change as well. And all of a sudden we, Not all of a sudden, but everything we kind of gathered and learned about each other and from each other over the course of living together, we brought into the house and we had these systems in place. For an entire two years now, we move in constant tandem. And I mean, if he's chopping something, I am at the ready to grab his knife and cutting board and clean that before he even has time to like turn and as i'm cooking or filling up a trash can he's already emptying that out before i have a chance to realize it's happening when we're cleaning the house we have our designated things that we take care of it happens wordlessly it's like a ballet dance everything from like who's grabbing the two water bottles by our nightstands to bring them to the to the room from him closing the window blinds without me asking to me knowing to turn down the volume on the TV before turning it off because that's the way he likes it. All these little things, like we just move in constant tandem. The best thing in the morning is, you know, we have different sleep schedules, but the best thing every morning is that he comes into my office and he says hi, and that's how we start the day, with a big hug, a big kiss, and we're just constantly knitted together, part of a little piece of embroidery that's just our little corner of the world. And I know if, if you're kind of coupled up in this way, I think you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We, we speak in like 90% inside jokes, you know, 30% of them are from like the past couple of months, but 60% of them are from years and years of cultivating the same joke where like you, you've completely lost the source material, but it doesn't matter. And the other 10% is like dealing with like bills and taxes and whatnot, you know, a lot of the times like will be at a store and both of us will come to the same idea wordlessly. It's not like we don't communicate, but sometimes we'll just come to certain things without having to say a word. And it's just kind of like magical because you just feel like you're going through the world with support and somebody else is like co-signing your thoughts and ideas. And it's wonderful. It's honestly, it's wonderful. So as of this morning, Abe is leaving to do the national tour of Cambodian rock band. And I swear I've been so stressed out about him leaving that I've, I've broken in out into rashes all over my body. And it's not even something I was consciously thinking about. I think I just was stressed to my core because it's going to change a lot in our lives To go from being together 24-7, 365, (laughs) like literally, to being apart for pretty much a full year. I'm still at home. All the dotted lines of the systems that we've put together are still around me. But I can only be one half of that. He'll be surrounded with new people and seeing people new things and experiences and I will hear all about it but I won't necessarily be a part of it he's gonna set up his own living spaces I'm probably gonna create a weird nest out of twigs and cardboard and magazines and I'm having a hard time grieving it I think because I'm gonna be okay I'm gonna be okay I'm super out of practice at being on my own. And I'm, I've am i been really, really lucky to be with the love of my life and to have the last two years be the best two years of our almost 10 years together. I feel genuine in saying I don't think I've ever loved him more. And so leaving at this point, it's more painful because we've set up a life that just really works for us and it's comfortable and I never take out the trash and I know that's cliche, but I fucking hate taking out the trash. Genuinely. I fucking hate it. Like I just, I just don't like it. I've gotten so soft. I, I can't open jars by myself. I just can't do it. I just don't have the hand strength. Really thankful to my friend, Victoria, who gifted me kind of these tough man tools that help you open jars because I genuinely am going to need them. I'm deathly afraid of bugs. I'm afraid of things that go bump in the night. I'm soft because there are muscles I haven't had to use because I've had my partner there. And I know that even when this tour is over, and I'll probably look back on this time very differently, even after this tour, things aren't going to snap back to what we have right now. It is the end of something and we will find a new groove and we will find a great groove and it'll be amazing and, and wonderful. I have no doubt, but I'm grieving. I'm grieving this life that we had. I'm grieving this space of comfort we made while the world was in utter turmoil. I'm grieving this. And I think that's okay. Okay. But all right, I've rambled on for a while, but what I'm sharing in this episode is going to be some voice notes from our last day together. And I'm gonna be sharing kind of how I'm doing. He's gonna be gone for three weeks for rehearsal and then he'll be back for the holidays. And so I'm just gonna kind of share what I'm going through during this time and we'll honestly see how it goes. So, thanks for listening. Let's go on this journey together.
0: I did, but you didn't sleep at all. I tried. I felt a little tired, and then I put my head down. I turned everything off, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like really thinking about a lot. I feel
1: like you're just holding more tension in your body now. Like, like oh, I have a rash, and I, I didn't even think about being stressed about this, but I feel like I really broke out into stuff because my body was just knowing some people's.
0: I get in there to mine.
1: Oh wow, so oh, cause you lose a couple hours.
0: I'll just try to find something to eat and take two advantage and try to knock it out.
1: can come home, finish out any work stuff, and then literally sit on the couch and cry. Well, if not cry, just wallow. And just be sad. And make sure you safely get everywhere that you need to go. Probably watch some terrible TV. And just be sad. That's all. I see. <laughs> Nothing much more.
0: Oh, I can't believe this is happening
1: again. It's like a weird Truman Show feel. Yeah. Or what is it? Groundhog Day. Do that. I'll
0: give you a call when I get through. Drive safe, okay? I'll see you soon, I'll see you soon okay?
1: Made it to the end of day one. Doing okay. I did get a little teary-eyed walking over into our bedroom. Because we have so many nighttime, like, little rituals. Like, someone walking ahead to turn on a light that someone needs next. I went for so many years never having, like, (laughs) fresh water by my bed because I was lazy. I just got used to, like, the taste of water with dust in it. But, for the past so many years, like I've had fresh drinking water next to me every night because of Abe, and it's like so small, but it's meaningful, and I find myself wanting to keep some of these things going, you know, because he's coming back, it's not like it's over, but if not called out, there are things I just won't i I know I appreciate, but I don't know how much I appreciate it, and it just makes my day go by so much nicer and easier and yeah i just i miss her right now um and appreciating like all the little things he did to make my week easier he didn't have to you know but i know that he wanted to make this transition as easy for me as possible and it's so kind like i consider myself a kind partner but i don't even know like In the rush of like starting a new job like i don't know how much room i would have to be compassionate and thoughtful i just it just makes me really appreciate who i'm with but like he made sure the kitchen was clean and we just had a friendsgiving um today's monday we have friendsgiving on saturday so he spent so much time on Sunday we hung over. He spent so much time just cleaning the house, pre taking the trash cans out to the street for me, making sure the guest bedrooms are ready for future guests coming like in a couple of weeks, making our bed this morning, even though he had like so many things to do. I know it's like so small, but I just appreciate it so much, and it's it has been my day a lot easier like i had a really straightforward night because there's so many things like i didn't have to do anything extra yet you know so yeah that's where i'm at i'm very emotional i was like fine (laughs) yeah i just i'm actually like very i feel very like fortunate like i'm sad right now because i miss him but that's okay like that that'll that'll be fine that's like a muscle you have to grow you know A dull ache you have to get like just used to but anyway I'm blubbering just have to take it one day at a time one little thing at a time weekend to being apart, and everything seemed to be going fine, <sighs> and I feel like today we just had multiple fights on the phone. <sighs> I think there's just a lot that like can't be communicated easily when you're away from each other, when you're used to being together. There's a lot where maybe you typically save it till you get home or, you know, save it till you're in person with one another and then you can kind of more fully vent. And so I think there's always this, like, weird adjustment period, but, man, it is not fun. And I, it's like you know what's going to happen. Like, you know the pattern. You know what's going to happen and all you can do is, like, dread it. All you can do is dread it and when it comes... You have to go through it and approach it with as much grace and compassion for your partner while also maintaining your own emotional boundaries and applying grace and compassion to yourself. So it's this just this balancing act. I'm just trying to really I guess read between the lines and be there for him. So yeah, that's where we are. Weekend, it's pretty difficult. I think it's the toughest when we're both going through things because that's when we have a harder time kind of really listening and being there for each other. And something like this is hard because like, I feel bad sharing how lonely or sad I feel because I feel like he'll take it on as his responsibility or as if I'm like blaming him for something. And that's not the feeling I mean to elicit, but I have to be responsible for it if it is. I think it might also be that me being alone, I'm having to steal myself a bit more as not to be just kind of a puddle of tears on the floor. I'm having to use my own kind of defense, safety mechanisms when I'm on my own. I have armor up that I normally wouldn't have in front of him, Uh, but I know for my part I can try harder. To force myself to be more vulnerable and maybe more so in a state of slight discomfort in favor of just, like, arriving for my partner, you know? So, I'm trying. It's hard. But in some ways, like, being alone is freeing, relaxing, doomscrolly, scary at night, freedom from responsibility. It's quite a mixed bag here. I guess we'll continue seeing where this goes. I'm pretty pissed right now. Like, not pissed, but pissed. Abe just called me and told me that he treated nine people to dinner. And I'm not pissed because I know his nature. I know he wants to treat people well and take care of people and and all of that. Like, I, I respect it and I understand it. But I think it's frustrating because we're not in a position where we can afford to you know, spend hundreds of dollars treating people to a a night out dinner, like a full on dinner. And I think it's one of those things that it's like, we're not there to regulate each other and not be able to give each other like a quick glance to kind of have that discussion. Like none of that's there. And, and, and I get it. I, I love fucking, I love treating people. It is my worst habit. It's interesting to be apart. Cause I think maybe if I was there, I, I, I probably would have like co-signed him, but it brings things into sharp focus of like, we need to have discussions about certain things like this. And I'm not mad at him, but it felt like a gut punch because before he left, like, we had so many discussions about no longer treating people unless it was for, like, a birthday or a really special occasion. Like, we kind of had that contract set up. And I love that about him. I love that he's not greedy. But I think when, as a couple, we're really trying to, like, build together financially, it just feels like, Losing momentum before we've even gotten moving, you know. So
0: anyway, that's where I'm at
1: today. We're at almost two weeks apart. All right. So we are exactly at the two-week mark, day 14. And it's so interesting um, because I feel like the pattern has been that Abe is like totally fine during the week and you know he's just working, he's twerking, he's got people to see, he's got things to do. He's um he's playing the drums, and then all of a sudden on his like days off, he he has like one day off, um uh, you know on his weekend there, he starts getting super super homesick because it's like all of a sudden everything kind of stops, and you're just in your head and sitting with that like awareness and also like okay when you're working I know why I'm away from home but when I'm not working it's like why the fuck am I away from home kind of thing and it's just weird because you know I work from home my days are exactly the same weekend or not they just kind of meld into each other I'm always kind of working kind of not (laughs) it's just the life I've set up for myself so like my level of sadness is so consistent And it's, it's honestly like it was bad the first like three, two, three days, but now I've just kind of like day four, I kind of like mellowed into this just kind of like state, you know, I don't have these high highs or low lows. I'm just kind of totally consistent. So it is funny to be on such different wavelengths, you know? Yeah. And I guess homesickness is super different than just missing, you know, being with your partner. Because I'm missing him, but I'm in my safe little environment, you know? I'm in complete familiarity. Just a little observation. But he's coming home in one week. It's sad he's missing our anniversary and our nephew's birthday. But all in all, I mean, I'm just so happy he gets to come home and experience the holidays and get a little break, get a little time to process, you know, getting back into the show. But I think him leaving again then will be really hard. Um, Been quite a journey. So I'm trying to learn how to not live my life on pause. Because I think typically, you know, if he's just gone for three weeks, it would just be like my routines would just be on pause. But this is kind of new and different. And I'm glad we kind of get these starts and stops to... To kind of get there together, you know, but I need to live my life on play, even when we're away from each other. And that's just going to be a learning process. It's funny, I've like paused all holiday (laughs) music and celebration, but I think I'm going to kind of ramp it back up because we're almost there. All right, it is officially the countdown to Abe coming home for Christmas. Uh, yeah, there's only like three or four more days left and it's kind of nuts. Yeah, yesterday was our anniversary, fourth year of marriage and coming up on 10 years together and it was genuinely hard. I think I went into the day being like, I'm just going to not, I'm going to put it out of my mind. Like we're going to celebrate, you know, when he gets home and, you know, I'm just kind of going to pretend it's like any other day because it is. But the night before, you know, it posts this sweet thing on the midnight of our anniversary and um, I wake up the next morning and there was this banging on our front door. And I'm like, really? Because, you know, we're in the suburbs. I'm like, I'm very uh, hesitant to open the door because there's like solicitors and whatnot, tree trimmer ads, you know, all that. But they were like banging on the door. And so finally I opened it up and this it's this giant bouquet of flowers. And you know, before I met Abe, I was never like a huge flower girl, but he's gotten me like a single stem rose for every year since we've been together. And uh, he sends this huge bouquet of like beautiful red roses and it was just pure sweetness. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm like in my feels, you know, it was unavoidable. I couldn't pretend um, like it wasn't happening. So I just was kind of like a little bit grumpy the rest of the day and sat in my feels and I was like, "Ugh, it just sucks. The sweetness sometimes makes it harder to be a part. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like I've just been kind of like numbing myself out, just like emotional lidocaine, just keeping Gilmore Girls on wall-to-wall sound, never really having to deal with or manage too much. Uh... And once that's kind of turned off, you realize just how much sentiment is there, how much emotion is there. But you know, we're making it through, we're making it work, and we'll probably miss a lot of things over this next year. So this was kind of the first big taste of that. Ooh, all right. We made it to the final morning of this first little leggy leg of the tour. It's been a it's been a good kind of 3 week just a little trial run of what this is this next year is going to feel like. I feel like so many thoughts to process honestly. I think a few a few takeaways from right this second are I can do a lot by myself. And I'm okay. I'm okay. I think I I really doubted myself and was very concerned and also very comfortable and not that willing to um, embrace discomfort. And when you have someone by your side that can take care of all your discomfort, like why lean into it, I guess. It just becomes a habit not to. Um, So that's been really good. I feel like I'm finding strength and resilience that I've kind of packed away Um, and even in the sweetness of everything, sometimes Abe jumping to make sure I don't have any discomfort in certain ways, like has allowed me to get really comfortable, not challenging myself. Um, I think another thing is when you're with somebody all the time, 24 seven, for me, I was like, I realized I was, you know, blaming Abe for certain things just subconsciously, like You know, oh, why did he turn on the TV so early in the morning? Why is it so hard for us to, like, leave the house sometimes? You know, stuff with all this stuff. And then when I'm on my own, I have to smell the smell of my own farts, you know? I mean, literally, I do. But there's no one to blame except myself. And it's, like, less blaming, but it's, like, I guess it is, but it's attributing um, certain problems to someone else there's no one else to attribute problems to now i have to face it i have to own it i have to know myself know who i am you know it's uncomfortable <laughs> it's uncomfortable all these layers of introspection um and seeing yourself like nakedly and truthfully however it is it is freeing in a way and it is it gives me a better starting point to know like what i need to work on and 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 all that i think what's been great is Abe and I have been, you know, our relationship is the same. It's strong. I'm nervous about, you know, getting back together and making sure, like, everything is, I don't know, that he feels welcome at home, that he feels like it is his home. But I also don't want him to have to work or do anything. So it's striking that right balance. And that's both with actual tasks and tangible things and in sentiment. I'm really excited he's coming home. <laughs> I definitely realized how much I numb myself out when I'm feeling something. And this has just been kind of a big revelation for me that I actually, Roxy just got back from Taiwan after three weeks. And I'm her- I'm sure y'all are going to hear about that in some way, shape or form. But we had this talk and I had this realization that I've been holding on to a lot of grief in my life that has gone not unprocessed, because y'all know, like, I do my best to process things. But th- there comes a time in that grief process where I I do just want, like, when the big stuff is out, but there's still, like, some debris on the floor, I just want to pretend it's not there. So, yeah, I'll just put a rug on top of it. It really stops me up emotionally from accessing it. Like, I, I feel like I used to walk around the world as just one, like live wire just always absorbing and feeling and being sensitive and getting hurt by all these things and I think when life actually got very painful like with losing loved ones it felt like left and right I just kind of found ways to enclose myself to find white noise to stop accessing all of that and maybe in some ways it's good because you know, setting boundaries and being protective of yourself is not always a bad thing. But I think creatively, I've, I didn't realize this, I didn't know, but I think creatively, I've been kind of stopped up because I'm not accessing that rawness, you know? So, anyhow, I'm giving myself a lot of grace, but I want to try and not have that happen every single time because otherwise, blink and I'll miss it this entire year because I'm just going to be in some floaty space waiting in some sort of weird purgatory for him to come back. So these are all observations, none of them wholly bad and none of them wholly good, but I am proud of myself because I made it. I'm proud of Abe and I because we made it and I'm really excited to see him and so happy to get some reprieve from this separation. Pulling up to the airport. I think I see him.
0: Oh, my gosh! I'm pretty sure it's him. Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh!
1: Ah! Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Let's get heavy. Mm. <laughs> You're real. I'm real. You're, You're a real human being. <laughs> how 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 was it? Do you want me to drive? You wanna drive? I forgot my wallet. <laughs> Classic!
0: Classic! Oh I'll be just fine. I'm just another
1: journey. Uh this is Prisca speaking to you from the present and putting together this episode has been just an emotional roller coaster. I don't think I've ever cut myself open with a knife and examined myself like this before. I don't think I've ever really captured my emotions in such a raw way and I just appreciate you sitting here taking a listen. Um and following along so since Abe came back he left for Houston again and then he came back and then he left for Berkeley again and he's there um, through the beginning of April and a lot of the things that I feel we were struggling with during the time that a lot of these voice notes were recorded are still in play but so different now like it's one of those things where it's like You go to the gym after you've been going for a while and all of a sudden that weight that you felt like was super heavy doesn't feel very heavy anymore. And I'm so glad to be where we're at and I just feel like our relationship has only gotten stronger. The music that you're hearing throughout this episode is a cover called High Risk Travel by Cautious Clay. And Abe and I have been working on this track Kind of postal service esque, but of course, email makes it way easier of just sending these files back and forth to each other um, and putting it and curating it specifically for this episode. And so it was just a creative way that we could stay linked throughout. I'm going to play us out with the full song. And if you are in a long distance relationship or if you have a distant relationship in your life, Please write to us hello at twohornygoats.com. Sincerely thank you so much for giving me space to share. And if there's any chance that it was relatable content for you, I'm so fucking grateful because I see you and I hear you and I I feel I feel that pain thank you so much. This has been a real honor. Next week, Roxy is gonna do her solo episode, and I, you guys are gonna be so stoked to hear that. It's absolutely incredible. Have a horny week. Our lovely goatees stay horny.